Were you popular when you were going to school, when you were younger, before you got married? A lot of people following you, a lot of friends. And students now, are you popular at school? <coughs> I know, uh, where is Sam? I know Sam is very popular, right there. <laughs> he has a fan club, created a webpage for him, and following him around, and so on. Um, <laughs> My sermon title today is, is called In Love and Ignored. So many of you were popular, it sounds like, but were there some people, is there someone out there can say, you know what, I was in love with someone, but I was ignored. No one really cared, no one knew. Is there anyone like that? I don't, you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> but yes, I'm sure there are people like that. And Bible has a lot of love stories, and since we are here in this month, uh, I want to focus on um, love stories in the Bible. So I will be sharing one story. And do you know whose story I'm talking about today? Yes, you probably got the idea cue from the scripture reading today. But I'll be talking about Leah, Leah's life story. <clears throat> when we tell this story of Jacob and Rachel, we all know the story of how it goes. You know, Jacob uh, deceives his father and, and steals birthright from his brother, and, and he runs away for his life. And he meets Rachel, and, and they live happily ever after. And that's, that's the story. They have lots of children and so on and so forth. But we see the story from Jacob's perspective a lot of times. But what if we see the story from the lady's perspective, from Rachel, and especially Leah's perspective? And that's what we'll be doing today. So Jacob and, and Jacob and Rachel and Leah, that's the story that we'll be sharing. And when, when Jacob ran away from his father's home, how old do you think he was? Most scholars agree that he was about 57 years old. Bible doesn't say specifically, but you know, scholars, they have a lot of time with the Bible, so they study and they calculate and do all that, and they come up with the number. So I can't prove it to you, but that's what most scholars agree, about 55, 57. What about Rachel? How old do you think she was when Jacob came and met her at the well? Six? <laughs> 16, okay. She was at least enough to go around and uh, go about and take care of her father's sheep and draw water from the well and, and you know, make the, or, or, or give the drink to the sheep. Uh, people think that she was about 12. So what's the age gap? Huge. <laughs> about 45. But for us, it's like, whoa, what is that? 45 years? 57-year-old man and a 12-year-old girl? Is that even possible? But uh, trust me, uh, Elder, uh, Elder Janice uh, and a few people uh, like Dahlia and, and some of us uh, and Elder, uh, some other people went to, went to visit um, Joe and, and uh, Nella this week because Joe had, was uh, a little bit sick. So we went to visit them this Thursday. Thursday night, and 
they told us about their love story, how they met, and they met in Saudi Arabia, even though Joe's from here and, Del- and, and Nella is from the Philippines, they met in Saudi Arabia while they were working in the hospital there. Um, and they told us about how their culture is different, and they said, I mean, they have amazing stories, but you have to go and talk to them and, and listen to their stories. It's really fun. But one thing that I got from them is that that practice of having an old man marrying a very young girl is very common even to this day. Very common. And you read about it online that, you know, like that kind of relationship, but that is perfectly fine, normal, and that's the way how things are done. And that is the way how it is done there in in their Bible times. So it's normal for them. And... (coughs) This is what happens in Genesis 29, verse 10. It says, As soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of his mother's brother Laban, with with Laban's sheep, he went up and rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well and watered his uncle's sheep. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. So this, when you read the story, it it just reads. But if you actually think about it, there are a lot of question marks right there. Okay, so Jacob, he just ran away hundreds of miles, walking, lonely, feeling defeated because he, basically he was running for his life, running away from his brother who is trying to kill him. And he deceived his father and he won't ever see his mother again. So he is running away as a homeless, basically. And he walked all the way to his uncle's house, hoping that he would be accepted. And he sees Rachel, and what does he do? He rolls away the stone from the mouth of a well, and he, he uh, gets water and, and, and feeds, well, drink, drinks, uh, gives all the water to all the sheep that they have. And then he kisses Rachel, and then he, he cries aloud. So, Think about his dating tactics, okay? <laughs> so he meets a young girl. He's 57. He sees a 12-year-old girl. Who is 12 here? Who is 12 here? JJ is 12 years old. So someone like JJ is 8. Oh, Kevin is 12. Okay, so Kevin's age. A girl, but we have boys. But if, if there's a girl. So a 57-year-old man sees a young girl like, preteen girl and then like he falls in love with this girl she's so beautiful and then he moves rolls the stone away you know the stone on top of a well is big and heavy now jacob just had a big meal right he was well rested he's strong he's ready to work for the day right no he just walked hundreds of miles alone he's tired he's exhausted and he is like weak all of a sudden where does he get the strength from he rolls the stone away by himself draws the water all by himself and gives the water to all the sheep so he provides service and then he goes and kisses the girl that he met for the first time and he cries like a baby so guys Learn that tactic and maybe try using it and see if that works. <laughs> see if that works. Maybe not, not so well here in this culture, but that's what he does. So he goes and impresses the girl, <laughs> and that's what he does. But 
If you were to see that story from Rachel's perspective, let's see. So Rachel, 12 years old, and he, she's working. Now she's old enough to go and help her dad. And she takes all the animals and she goes. And she goes to the well thinking, you know what? I'm not strong enough to move the stone from the well. I hope the other shepherds are willing to help me. And maybe I can carry the water, I can draw the water and, and uh, give the water to all my sheep. That will take a long time because the sheep, you know, she has a lot of sheep. Um, but all of a sudden, this guy just jumps out of, from nowhere and he's like, oh, let me help you. And he does all the work. And she's like, oh, this is nice. This is nice. And then he comes and kisses her. And then he's crying like a baby and tells, tells her that, he is her cousin. And she goes and tells her that, okay, there is a guy who helped me, and he says he's my cousin. And, and Laban, her dad, comes, and then, like, there is a meeting. They meet. And now he gets to live with them. If you read the Bible, they spend about, he spends about a month there. And after a month, and Laban says, you know what? You can't, even though you're my blood and, and my flesh, you can't work here for free. So let me... Let's settle your, your wage. What do you want for your service? And what does he say? I want to marry your younger daughter, Rachel, in seven years of service. I'll be working for you for seven years, and then please allow me to marry your younger daughter, Rachel. Deal. Okay? That's what happened. Now, all of a sudden, this Rachel, who is 12 years old, and sees a man from somewhere, from nowhere, that she has never seen before, saying that he is her cousin, and says, I want to work for you. I want to work with you. And from that time on, he becomes the shepherd and takes care of his uncle's sheep for how long? How many years? Seven years. But was that the end? Another seven years. And then another six years. So all together, 20 years. About 20 years that he's been helping, he's been shepherd, okay? Now, if you know Jacob, was Jacob an outdoor person? Was Jacob a person that would go out and take care of animals and, and like, explore and adventures, like that kind of person? What does the Bible say who, was, who Jacob was like? So, Isaac loved Esau because he was manly. He, he was a hunter, right? But Rebekah loved Jacob because he stayed home, helped his mom. He was cooking. Remember that he was cooking that, that soup one time and his brother came and like, you know, I'm dying, please give me the soup. And it's like, you know, sell me your birthright. I'll give it to you. And he was happy with that. So he was a good cook. Jacob was a good cook. So we know this guy from Genesis 25. Jacob was a, um, a man, a boy, or someone who would stay home who loves cooking, who loves help his mom. And all of a sudden, he goes out there, he becomes a cowboy. He's taking care of sheep. Why? Why does he, do, why does he all of a sudden change his, his personality and goes out all the time? For 20 years because of Rachel. Rachel. 
That's what love does, okay? And when they go out, the Bible says seven years he was serving, he was working for free, basically, to, to marry her. But the Bible says Jacob counted that those days as just a few days because he was in love with Rachel. So you can just imagine, they go out to work, they, they go out to take care of sheep, but what do they do? They leave the sheep alone. You can, you can feed yourself. And they go around, and they, they talk, and they, they sing, they hold hands, and they're just doing all that, you know, like fluffy, lovely, romantic stuff. While the sheep are like falling down, they're bitten by snakes. They don't care. <laughs> they're like in love, right? That's what they do. While that's all going on, and Rachel finds that, you know what? Here's a man that takes care of me. Here's a man that loves me. There, here's a man who will do things for me. But while that's all going on, what's going on with Leah? Do you think he liked it, Jacob? What do you think? Yes? Was she not interested in Jacob? You know the story of how that wedding day when uh, Jacob and Rachel were supposed to be married. And that wedding party went on, and they were very happy. They probably got married and so on. And that night, when Jacob uh, was supposed to spend that night, and when he wakes up the next morning, it was not Rachel. It was Leah. Okay, well, there, there's a lot of questions I have there. <laughs> but... If Leah was not interested in Jacob, do you think she was forced and pushed to be in that position the whole time, like 100% pushed to be in that position? I don't think so. I think she wanted that plan. She, wanted, she liked him too. Otherwise, she would have said, Dad, no, no, no. That's, maybe that's the tradition, tradition, but no, I don't want to get involved in this. I think that's what she would have said. But the whole fact that she didn't say anything and she spends the night there and actually marries him, I think she liked him too. So all this time, she's in love for seven years from the moment that he came to the house. She is in love, too. It's just that Jacob loves Rachel, not him. And all this time, she's thinking, you know what? I love you, too. And then thinking, you know what? I'm the older one. I need to get married first. And she agrees, and she gets married first. And thinking, you know what? Now I'm married with him, married to him first. And you, my younger sister, even though you are pretty and, and you are loved, but I am the first wife. But what happens for the rest of the life? Is Leah loved? Bible says she is unloved. She's not loved. So the story is very, very sad in that way. By the way, was Rachel pretty? How do you know? The Bible says so, right? <laughs> the Bible says so, that, he, that she was pretty. But 
how pretty was she and, and how much do we know? So I did some study, I did some, did some digging. The, the, the adjective that describes Rachel in Hebrew is yafe. Yafe. That exact expression is used to describe seven ladies in the Old Testament. And let me tell you who they are. Well, I mean, can you guess who those beautiful women are? Sarah is one. Esther, yes, Hadassah. Esther is one. Okay. And the other one? The other ones? We? Which one? Eve. No. <laughs> Eve is, we assume that she might have been really beautiful, perfect, but somehow there is no, the, the word yafe is not used for Eve. I mean, there are a lot of beautiful women. Bathsheba, no. Rebecca, close, but no. Ruth, no. <laughs> so here, let me read the list. Sarah, yes. Rachel, Abigail, David's wife. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. Sorry, my bad. Abigail and Tamar. Tamar, Absalom's daughter. And Abishak. Abishak, the girl who took care of David in his old age, right? Abishak. And also Hadassah, Esther. And the last one is the Shunammite woman. Solomon's, well, in the Song of Solomon. Um, Shulamite. Uh, that woman was also um, Lafay. But there are also other ladies whose names not mentioned. Job's daughters. After the trial, they were also described with this word. Now, the word um, describing Rebecca is not Rafa, it's Tov. Tov simply means good. So, Rebecca was good, not as beautiful as Sarah or Tamar or, or other ladies like Rachel. But these ladies are, okay, if you think about Sarah, how beautiful was she? Even kings were after her. Yes. And even like, like Esther, the king wanted to extend his scepter and say, you know, wanted to say, you know what, kill her. But when she came in with her beauty, and it was like, oh, she's so beautiful. I can't let her just be destroyed. I have to extend my scepter. But, you know, think about it. She was fasting for three days. Do you think she was in good mood? No. But she was that beautiful. So those women have something. And there are three men that have that adjective in their, in their name. Those three men are Joseph, David, and Absalom. So those words, beautiful, we, we translate it as beautiful, but probably in English, we could probably say handsome or good-looking would be David, uh, Absalom, and, and um, who did I say? Joseph, yes. And Joseph, you know the story of what, how, what happened to Joseph. So that's how beautiful Rachel was. On the other hand, Leah was ugly, was not beautiful. So maybe, I don't know if, if uh, Laban was good-looking or his wife was good-looking. I'm not sure. But one was really pretty, one was not. That's what happened. So, if you think about it, 
Yes. But at the same time, at the same time, it's lack of option as well. If you think about Laban's house, that's the same family as Abraham's family, basically, right? They're all, all one, one big family. So they are living among the idol-worshiping people in that area, and that's why God called Abraham out of that place to be separate, to be holy. But the rest of the clan is still there. And when, when Laban had two daughters, Leah and Rachel, Basically, they were growing up either saying that, you know what, either this man that just came from nowhere or there's nobody else. Or there is maybe another idol-worshipping man. So it's lack of option as well. But Jacob was in love with Rachel and Leah was not. And <clears throat> just, just picture this. So Jacob marries both Leah and Rachel. And then now you know that later on they have two other ladies getting involved in this story. But if you read the Bible, there is a tent for Rachel, there's a tent for Leah, and there's a tent for Jacob. And one tent for the two, um, two maids there. And if you just think about their daily lives, when Jacob goes out to work and he comes home in the evening, and the ladies been waiting for the husband to come home. And maybe they prepare a special meal for, for Jacob, or um, they want to spend that special family time. And when Jacob comes home, he's tired. He, he wants to see his family. He comes, and, and Leah says, oh, honey, I've been waiting for you all day. And Jacob says, oh, hi. And then he passes Leah and goes to Rachel and gives her a big hug. And what do you think Leah might have felt at that time? And they prepare a meal, and then they're eating together as a big family. And Rachel goes like, honey, I made this salad. Please eat this. And Leah was like, oh, I made this shawarma. I made this, this uh, 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 falafel. I made this for you, this olive or, or this this." pomegranate, this, I prepared this for you. And Jacob was like, oh, this is good, and he's eating. And for Rachel's food, because, you know, he loves her, like, the food is terrible. This is not good. Salad is not good. But he says, oh, honey, this is great. This is the best salad ever. And Leah, her food is good. But Jacob says, oh, okay, thank you, honey. This is good. And just, just keeps eating without talking much and keeps on making eye contact with Rachel all the time, and like they're holding hands, they're talking all the time, and Leah is just like, just eating her food. That's exactly what's happening. Leah is going through this, this feeling of rejection all the time in her life. Not only that, not only that, how many children does Leah have? She first has four, four. And then later on, she has seven, like six sons and one daughter. And then through Bilhah, she has two more. And Rachel later on has two, two sons. But then out of 13 kids, 12 sons, Joseph and Benjamin are number 11 and number 12. So they are the youngest ones. But through Zilpah, um, Zilpah 
the, the, the maid, she has two other sons. So just imagine this. If you go to Leah's tent, they're full of kids. I mean, it's, it's loud and it's lively. There are kids running around and it's always messy because if you have like six children, imagine. And it's not like a neat, nice house with doors and separations. It's a tent, Bedouin tent. And when they come in, it, it's mud on the floor. So when they come in from outside and they're playing around, mom, and they're like running around everywhere, it's always messy, it's just chaotic. But if you go to Rachel's tent, spotless, clean, no kids. It's always clean. But it's very quiet, there's no noise, it's not lively, it's just her by herself. And probably a lot of times Jacob goes there too. But that's the difference that you see in, in those two. That's exactly what's going on. Leah was not loved. Leah was unloved, ignored. On the other hand, Rachel was very, very loved. Now, was Rachel a good person, her personality? She might have been at the beginning. But I find this verse, and I don't know if she was a very good person, because in Genesis 30, verse 1, this is how Rachel says, I'm, I'm quoting the Bible, says, because her sister Leah has a lot of children, and she has none, and this is what she says, what she tells her husband, uh, Jacob, give me children or I will die. So she's complaining to her husband. Now, we all know common sense. So Jacob has two wives. Leah has a lot of children. Rachel has none. So is this Jacob's fault that Rachel does not have any children? No. We just know common sense. It's actually her problem, not his problem, right? But she's still complaining. On the other hand, Leah is patient, quiet. You don't really see her complaining. Instead, you can see her character, you can see her agony through her naming her children. So what are Leah's children? Do you know their names? The first one is Reuben, and then Simeon, and then Levi, Judah, and then it goes on. But if, do you know what their names mean? So, Reuben, the first son, okay? She names him Reuben and says, well, by the way, in the Israeli culture, ladies or moms would usually name their kids. Uh, that's, that's, the way, uh, that's the way how their culture is. And Reuben, his name means, the Lord has seen my afflictions. Surely my husband will love me now. That's what that means. So she names her first son. My husband loves my sister, and he doesn't love me. But now I have a child, firstborn son. Now surely he would love me. That's how she names her son, Reuben. The Lord has heard my affliction. And does Jacob love Leah after that? Now, the second son, Simeon, 
and says, because the Lord has heard that I'm unloved, he has given me this one as well. That's what Simeon means, basically. The Lord has heard that I'm unloved. That's what that means. So, and then Levi, the third one. Now, at last, my husband will, will become attached to me because I have borne him, him three sons. I've given you three sons where Rachel has given you none. You should be attached to me. That's how she would name her children. And then that's how attitude is like. I wish you would look at me once. I wish he would talk to me once. I wish he would love me. The way how he does to Rachel. Just once. That's how Leah lived her life. All her life. But you know what? You know what? In the end, very end, what happens? Rachel dies giving birth to Benjamin. But in the end, Leah lives a little longer. And Rachel is buried in Bethlehem all by herself. But where is Leah buried? Jacob goes and buries Leah in the cave of Machpelah, where Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Rebekah are all buried. Leah is buried there in that place, right next to the patriarchs. And Jacob dies and he is buried there too. So in the end, he goes back to Leah, someone who has been faithful all her life, someone who has been loved, who was in love, but ignored. There's someone else in the Bible who has been in love the whole time, but ignored. Who's that? It is God. It is Jesus. He has been in love with us the whole time. And he's been ignored a lot of times, a lot of times. And Jesus says here in John 1, 13, 11 to 13, he says, He came unto his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believes on his name. So Jesus is in, in love with us. And he says, if you would just look at me once, if you would give your heart to me once, I love you. But he's been ignored. Revelation 3.20, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If, you, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And he says, he's been knocking at the door of our heart. And are we going to let him in? Or are you going to let him wait, stand out in the cold? God is in love with us, and he has been ignored. Will you open up your heart to God? Will you let him in? Because this, this love, in love and ignored, it's no fun. It's no fun. Jacob made that mistake. He should have loved both his wives. I don't know how practical that is, how easy that is, it's, I don't even want to find out, you know. <laughs> but if you think about children, like not your spouse, but if you think about your children, if you have 
multiple children, let's say if you have two, three, four, then if you love one more than the other, I mean, how would your children feel? You're like, that's not right. But that's how Leah has been treated the whole time. And that's how we are treating Jesus the whole time. And shouldn't we change our attitude? Should we invite him in? Right? So I pray that you and I will accept Jesus in our heart and stop his suffering because he really wants to come into our heart. He really wants to love us. And he is waiting for us to open our heart to God. How many of you are willing to open your heart to Jesus and say, God, Jesus, please come into my heart. Please love me and I will love you too. How many of you promise that? And I pray that you will open your heart to God and God will be happy to come in and he would love us more. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, who has been loving us all our lives, who has been waiting for us all our lives, we hear the story of Jacob, Rachel, and Leah, and we are heartbroken to know how Leah has been feeling in her heart. All the effort, all the work, all the love that she pours on Jacob, still she's refused, she's rejected, she's unloved. But Lord, are we doing the same thing? Are we like Jacob, turning around, turning away from Leah and going to Rachel, the beautiful one? But Lord, if we have been cold to you, please forgive us. Help us to open our hearts and our minds to you. Help us to love you because you loved us first. And Lord, you have seen the hands that wanted to open our hearts to you and love you. So Lord, please give us the willing heart to love you. Help us to turn away from this world. Help us to love you so that our love can be perfected. Lord, please help us to love you. Give us your love. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the team, please.